This is a Saddleback Church podcast. I want to talk today about an area of the Christian life that I think often gets overlooked. Your church likely has kids and student ministries where kids can go to learn about God. For grown-ups, I think we often just say we're grateful for those pastors and then continue on focusing on our own church experience. Now, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but there is something missing in the way that we think about the next generation. There's not just an opportunity, but a necessity to be intentional toward and praying for the next generation. Kids and students are not just the future church. They are the church of now, and they will face challenges and trials as they continue to grow in their faith, but they will also see wonderful opportunities and powerful experiences. So how can we be entering into prayer on their behalf? How can we be lifting up the next generation? My guest today is Kendall Hibiski. Kendall shared with my team recently about how the Holy Spirit has been pointing her towards this need that we have for contending for the next generation in prayer. We quickly realized that we should have her share this message with you listening now. This is a powerful conversation about how we should view the next generation, about our role in prayer, and where the two meet. My name is Jason Wheeland. And this is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast, part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Now, my conversation with Kendall Hibiski. Kendall, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, good to be here. Okay, so Kendall, now this is your first time undoable discipleship. So for our listeners who have not heard you before, could you give them a, just a little bit of background on who you are and what you do at Saddleback? Yeah, absolutely. My husband, David, and I uh, were doing ministry up in the Bay Area with Pastor Andy and Stacy. Yeah. And um, in the in the beginning of last year, when they started feeling like God was leading them to um, consider transitioning to Saddleback, they opened that conversation with us. And um after much praying and uh, lots of conversations, we decided and um, through our own kind of prayer journey with it, definitely felt the Lord leading our family as well to join them, mm-hmm. to come to Saddleback. So here we are. Um, never imagined that we would be here <laughs> a year ago. Yeah. Um, was just kind of forming in us. And um, so we moved down. We have three kids. They're 11, 9, and 7. So all in elementary school, and uh, we very much have enjoyed Orange County. Um, our, as we moved into kind of roles here at Saddleback, it's all kind of still forming. We're yeah. very much still transitioning. Um, but the things that I've been helping with the most is um, the the lane of prayer yeah. and the lane of culture, uh, both things that I'm really passionate about. So, yeah, we're excited to see what the future holds. Well, and it's a, it's a perfect, like, on-ramp into our conversation today. Mm-hmm. Because what you um, had started indicating it, through some conversations is kind of just a sense from the Holy Spirit that, hey, what can we be doing to be contending for the next generation in prayer? And in recently, our church at Saddleback has really started a, a I should say, a renewed emphasis on prayer. Uh, we've started a 24-7 prayer 
initiative where we have people now praying um, for the church and for the community, yeah. like at all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, and we've started different prayer meetings and prayer initiatives to really focus in on our role um, in prayer. Mm-hmm. And so with this idea, um, which, as you said, is kind of like a spirit prompting, like, hey, what's, can, what can we do with this? What was the genesis of that for you? Yeah, I think one of the, I mean, the first thing that happened was when we, when we got down here and we kind of huddled our team and had a meeting around who's doing what, um, I left that meeting with uh, prayer as one of the things that I was going to be helping with, which was a surprise to me. Um, but I also in the moment, um, I did have a sense and awareness that God is, God is doing a process here. Like he's doing something uh, in me um, in addition to whatever will come through me. So just trying to have that open-handed posture of not, this is not what I expected um, necessarily, but what I appreciate a lot about how Pastor Andy and Stacy have kind of led in this transition is really wanting to push prayer out to the front, to the forefront of all the strategy, all the decisions, all the movement that we're trying to do um, because we we depend on God's favor. And so wanting to put all those things before the Lord and um yeah, I mean, that that's how it all sort of began. Um, and ever since we moved here, and especially in conversations with leaders on the team around Next Generation, just really hearing a lot about kind of a desire for there to be more connection, more relationship, more natural ownership from the Next Generation into their church at large, really had a sense that there's something out there that isn't clear yet. Like there's Mm -hmm. something in this area that we can move into, but really didn't think much more of it. Um, And that was, I mean, we moved down here, what, eight months ago. Yeah. So it's kind of been in the, on the back burner, kind of in the back of my mind. But then what happened is there were several conversations that kind of brought me to a point of really wanting to pray and seek God on not even necessarily focused on that, but just wanting more more presence of the Holy Spirit, more power of the Holy Spirit in our ministries, through our teams and our environments, wanting more encounter with God, more understanding of who he is, more revelation of, of what he wants to do here in us mm-hmm. and wanting to be available for that is kind of the, the, the fertile ground, I guess, yeah. in me that this kind of landed in because mm-hmm. that was already kind of the posture that I had in it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so then there was a moment where um, this idea kind of started to form as I was spending time with God one morning, and um, it has, what it felt like to me was a seed of something, mm-hmm. and that I, I knew that it was mine to steward, but that it needed to be developed in the context of a team. Personally, I think everything's better in a team. Sure. Um, and so I just started having conversations with people and started inviting leaders to a table where we form it together, which we're still doing. It's still being formed. Um, but there's a lot of excitement and vision around this idea of joining all generations together in one environment for a very raw, um, sort of experimental gathering where we are, we're, we're there to contend for the next generation for one another and listen to the spirit and follow his leadership yeah. in that way. Yeah. I, I want to come back to the intergenerational part of it. Cause I think that's a really neat idea and something that deserves its own little area of focus. But I wanted to 
touch base because I think as adults, especially as adults in church, we can be super grateful that there are kids ministries and that there are student ministries. Yeah. So we say, thank God for the people who feel called right. by God <laughs> to love on my kids or other people's kids or whatever, you know, like, and we can be very appreciative that, yeah, like obviously kids needs church too, right, yeah. but then it becomes a little bit out of sight, out of mind a little bit. Right. Um, but when we truly get into the weeds of it, what's true is that it, it's not just somebody else's responsibility. Uh, what is going on in the next generation is not just somebody else's responsibility. It's not just the student pastor's responsibility. Yeah. It's our responsibility. That's right. they're, we, not, they're not tomorrow's church. They're the church of today. Exactly. Yeah. We are. They are already a part of the family yeah. of God. They mm-hmm. already are part of the body of Christ with you and and. We need to be thinking of that as such. They are not some separate church. They are the church. 100%. So uh, why do you think it is important for us to be praying for the next generation? Yeah, you know, I think for me, I've been processing a lot and just kind of internally just thinking. Honestly, okay, it came it came for me partially through Phil Wickham has a new song called A Thousand Names. Mm. And I was praying for my kids one day and I was I was just realizing that all these names of God that he names, I have come to know God personally through trials, through seasons of my life, that I can claim those names because I know him personally in that way. Mm -hmm. And they don't yet. I'm thinking about my kids and I'm praying in that moment, like, God, one day I pray that my kids will be able to know you personally by all these names. Mm -hmm. And then the very next thought was, oh no, that means that they have to go through a bunch of stuff in their life, right? Because that's what that's what creates uh, the dependence on God to really truly learn these aspects of His character, you know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how um, that's kind of how it began in that way, and just the realization that the older generations in our church, as old as you are, and as long as you've been walking with the Lord, that's different for each of us you've worked out your salvation over those years yeah. and you've learned, you've learned things that are really important in the faith, like how to claim God's truth over lies that are coming at you or how to worship through the night when things are unclear. You've learned how to uh, correct your thinking when your thinking is off. And a lot of us have learned that experimentally and by trial and error yeah. right over the years. And he's formed that in us, but our younger generation, they're still in the beginning of that. And so I think that's the value of the generations coming together is um, that we can help set an example for them, but also in the spiritual realm, um, truly establish something for them and their identity in Christ that they're already seated in the heavenly realms. All of these things are already theirs in Christ. All mm. the blessings of Christ are ours. But, um, but we have to grow into the understanding of those things. So mm. I think with that view, the older generations in the spiritual realm can very much establish those identities and you know like the bible says like when we delight in god's word we become like a strong oak tree that sends its roots out by the stream Mm -hmm. and we can feed ourselves in seasons of drought like we're not concerned when the heat comes and we always bear fruit because we have our roots going out into the stream and so that's the vision is that these students would 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 be stable would have inner strength in their inner person um but that's a spiritual work yeah that needs to happen well, I love what's underlying that is the ideas of it, intentionality 
and compassion. So I think it's that idea of being intentional and in how you are thinking about not just you and your friends, which so much of church emphasis is about the life of the adult, but it's also thinking about how you are thinking about the younger people in the faith, whether it's, you know, whether it's kids as young as elementary school age to students who are going through junior high and high school and all the, all the tough days, the trials, but all the good stuff too, that, that, that affords. And it's not just being intentional about what you're teaching them, but it's also being intentional about how you are contending for them in prayer. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's being mindful and it's not just praying for, for things to go well in their life. Like, yes, as, as a parent of kids, and I want to. I want things to go well for my kids. I want them to experience joy, and I don't want them to face trials. But knowing that the realities of this world is that trials do come, and that trials can be used for good, mm -hmm. that they can be used to grow, and can be used to refine. Like God can use those things. So it's even from at a at a now point, praying in advance, saying, "I know that my son or that my daughters are going to go through." difficult seasons where they're going to have to learn things for themselves. Mm -hmm. But Lord, I thank you that you are with them in that. Mm -hmm. And I pray that they are receptive to your guidance in advance. Mm -hmm. And so it be, I, I, in, there's something that is so m mysterious and unknown yet so powerful in which God honors those prayers that we're, as we're praying into the future. Because it's not the future for God. God exists in all time. So God's like, I, I know what that's going to be about. I know what that's for. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think we, we when we really um, look at how the Lord's heart is moved through prayer. Yeah. Um, and through throughout the scriptures, we see that God desires to cooperate with us humans to release blessing and release his kingdom in mm -hmm. the earth but he does it in partnership with us. Yeah. And so there are things that God has already decided that he will do, but it will happen when he moves people to intercession. Yeah. And so stepping into that space for not only the students we have now, but those who we will have, you know, throughout the course of the years to come, but wanting our next generation here at Saddleback to truly be established in the faith, yeah, I have this image in my mind of a battlefield and how, especially since 20, I mean, adolescence has always been hard, right? Yeah. We all remember adolescence, <laughs> but especially since 2020, I think um, we're just in a new gear yeah, of depression, anxiety, yeah. um, pornography, social media, um, just all the identity uh, issues that are facing our kids, all the lies that are coming at them. So just thinking about that and... Um, and really wanting to, I, th I see it as a battlefield. This image is like this, I'm just seeing this image of a battlefield that I want us, I want the church to show up. Like that's the vision. It's like mm -hmm. we're showing up. We're showing up to contend for these students and in a way that they don't necessarily know how to do yet. And in Psalm 23, there's this image that David gives about, you know, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so the vision kind of that's underlying this whole thing is, that as we pray these truths over our next generation, that they are established in the spiritual realm in a way that helps them actually experience the battlefield and the chaos that is around them and the temptations that are, that are coming at them as a banquet, 
because they are strong in the Lord and they're deeply rooted in confidence in who he's created them to be. And they're surrounded by their people, you know, that they have belonging in the church. And so, you know, some of their families are broken, right? We have so many broken families, but helping students know that they can belong here. This is the place where they can belong. So what is at risk then if we don't pray for the next generation? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think um, going back to just that idea of the heart of God desiring to bless, like, you know, there's, there's a passage in scripture. I was just reading it the other day about, um, you know, which of you, if your son asks for bread, is going to give him a snake, you know, yeah. or that, you know, that passage in the yeah. gospels, God desires to bless. He desires to give good things to his kids. And so I think as we partner with him, according to his will, you know, the other thing that's blown me away is in John, between John 14 and 17, four times in three chapters, Jesus basically says a form of, if you ask according to the will of God, it will mm. be done for you. And that is staggering to me that he would say that three, uh, four times in three chapters. Mm. And so there's something that's really gripped me in that, like the desire of God and the desire of, of Jesus to, to bless and to give in abundance. And so I think that intercession is our part in that. It's posturing ourselves to agree with God on what's true and to agree with his heart and uh, partner with him in releasing the goodness and blessings and truth that he al- that's already in his heart. Mm. Mm. I love that. So I, I want to go back to the intergenerational idea mm-hmm. because I think that that idea of bringing people from all generations to come together to focus in on one generation mm-hmm. and care is, is powerful. So, so where did that, that idea of, of how you wanted that emphasis to become from, and why do you think that's so special and important? I mean, I think it's going back to that same idea that we were talking about um, with the churches is not fully represented without all generations. Um, and so desiring to create more relationship and more bond across, you know, the students have their areas, they're in the student areas and the kids are in the kids areas. And so it can feel like a church within a church sometimes. Um, But we are the church altogether. And so I think the best way we can make progress in this in lots of different ways through systems and through helping them volunteer and get on serving teams and, you know, helping them form more relationships. But I think through prayer, um, there's a potential that it will begin to happen more organically where relationships will form and there will be a bond formed that, uh, that ends up continuing and it impacts our, our culture in terms of unity and trust between the generations. Yeah. And I think that's an important reminder is that you don't have to have kids yourself to want to, and grow a desire to, pray for the next generation to to care for that next generation mm-hmm. um, it doesn't it doesn't have to be your own kids that you're picturing right if you are if you are listening to this in the car and you may not have kids yourself if you are driving around if you're if you are driving past a school 
you can pray over the kids at that school. You could say, Lord, I want to lift up these kids who are at this school. Lord, mm-hmm. I just, I just want to pray because they are going through and entering into these seasons, these battlefields yeah. that um, are filled with, to, with unknowns to them, mm-hmm. and even to us, because who knows how culture and things change? You know, and technology changes and all mm-hmm. that. Who knows how that's going to present new dangers? Mm-hmm. Um, but we can still enter into that battlefield with them and still still be alongside them mm-hmm. even if so it doesn't have to be a blood relative because mm-hmm. because the next generation is still the next generation regardless of any kinship that you have to right, that yeah i think that's i think that's important mm-hmm. I, I i liked the intergenerational idea too because as we talked about earlier there are different people with different stages of wisdom there there are there's the parent generation mm-hmm. who can come in and has a, a sense of like, I, I know what my kids are going through right now and I know what they have been. And then there's the grandparent generation who can, who can come in, you know, twice removed and be like, I've seen more change than you could, yeah. than you have. And I know here are other things to look out for. So it's this double mentorship almost in the sense of like, of, of being aware of things to lift up before God. Absolutely. And I think a key element of it too is the older generations listening to the younger generations yeah. and giving them a place to actually lead us in their faith and yeah. with their passion. You know, Jesus was um, very tender and open towards the faith of children Yeah, because there's a, um, there's just a rawness that hasn't been beat up by the world yet. And there's a um, there's a fervency in kids, and there's a um, just a real uh, authentic passion that is refreshing, you know, when you're around it. And so we want to give a space um, to listen and understand, um, to learn and grow from your faith, but also to listen to what you see. What do you see in your friends? What are you experiencing in your school? Yeah. And spend some time really listening. Well, I, it was about, I don't know, a couple months ago when I had a conversation on this podcast with Stacy about revival. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, because we did that conversation on the you know, near aftermath of a night of worship that we had at Saddleback. That yeah. was a very powerful time, especially for the younger generation. As you can see that they were engaged in just a, a depth of worship that yeah. was really um, remarkable. And especially when we entered this time of confession um, during night of worship, it was largely these students who were going up to the front and talking with people and and, and entering into that time of confession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a number of different conversations in the aftermath of that night of worship with people that were just just remarking on, look what's going on in our student ministry here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in this younger generation, they're entering into um into worth into worship with such an authenticity mm-hmm. that is special about about i don't know if it's a, a generation alpha is that what we're calling it alpha is <laughs> i don't know all these terms <laughs> I, I get confused um but but there's this authenticity there's this desire to be genuine mm-hmm. which is unique and there's something really powerful about that and so for us, then it's 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 being able to learn from that and see like, like, what 
do I need to do differently to in order to because I see that that is important. I can see that that there's something there. Yeah, I think the younger generation is for sure uh, moving away from the shiny, polished version yeah. of church and really wants to know what is in there when all the layers are peeled away. Like what is what is really here yeah. for me? I don't need the I don't need the the flashy, um, fancy, you know, image-driven celebrity culture of church. They're not into that anymore. They want the real. They want the real substance of what is this encounter with God? How can it transform me? And who do I see it in? Who is truly living this out yeah. around me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so we have something like that that is so tender. But on the on the flip side of that, is there still a a, a danger that we need to be aware of and mindful of. I was talking with another pastor from another church and he was telling me about how I think it was like half of the students in their student ministry left the church and even left the faith when their student ministry pastor left their church. Mm -hmm. And so there's still, still a danger when we are not, not, not just introducing them and, and, and walking with them, but also praying for them into this, sticky relationship with Jesus. Right. And that was the takeaway that I had from that conversation with that pastor. I was like, it seemed like they were attached to this person rather than attached to Jesus. Right. So when that person left, things just fell apart. Mm-hmm. But Jesus doesn't leave the church, you know, even when a person left. So, so I think there's still something that needs to be catered and ushered into and cared for and prayed about and taught about and welcomed into, into this relationship with Jesus. Um, that is still so vital. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely an opportunity to do a little bit more practical and experiential coaching and modeling and setting an example of here's how, here's how you can build your personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. Here's how you can approach the word of God. Here is how you can sit with him and what you can how you can talk with him as you would a friend, but not just like saying it to them, but doing it together and learning together how to listen uh, to the spirit Mm. and how to lean on his leadership and truly put ourselves um, in submission to what it is that God is, is doing and what he's leading and always grounding that in what he's told us in scripture. Mm. Yeah. So for I'm going back to t- focusing in on the topic of uh, of prayer, and then we'll talk about some like advice and tips for people who may want to enter into um, a greater arena of contention for prayer for the next generation. But I- I'm curious for you specifically, how have you seen your prayer life grow and change over time, and what does contending in prayer look like now for you? Yeah, gosh, I feel like I'm still growing in it. I I feel like I'm on a journey with God um, of going from, um, I grew up Southern Baptist, Mm -hmm. so I very much grew up with kind of Father, Son, Holy Bible. Um, And there was a great, very accurate theology around the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't a part of daily practice or ministry. And so it's been quite a journey for me um, where I am, Personally, at this season, I mean, things change a lot for me season to season and how I approach the Bible and different ways that I structure it. Right now, for me, what that looks like is 
I'm really trying to lean into more, um, more slow, reflective reading, mm -hmm. Lectio Divina yeah. type style where I'm, I'm really talking to God as I'm reading and asking the Holy Spirit to provide that insight. But there's been several times in my life that I've, um, when reading a passage through the second time or going back to read it the third time, something comes alive to me that wasn't there the first time. Mm -hmm. And so it's the question, what, what did I miss all these days <laughs> when I just read it and I get up and go about my day? Yeah. You know, God, here's a few sentences in my journal that I'm going to pray, but really kind of keying into that different gear of wanting to sit with it and really kind of hold on to it and ask the spirit to reveal uh, more and more. And not every day is awesome, mm -hmm. um, but moving into um, letting that flow into the prayer time as well. So of course there's things and people that I write down that I'm praying for, but what is it that, where is my heart right now? Um, and really wanting to not, I, I can tend to, after my reading and journaling a bit, feel like I'm done, but I, what I'm doing right now is really trying to hang in there and really go to a place of intercession with what's on my heart or the people that I'm praying for. Um, because in the past I've been, I've been guilty of just wanting to kind of move on. Like I've got what I need and I, I talked to God, but it wasn't at that kind of deeper level yeah. of really wanting to um, contend for something mm. and really wanting to invite him into plead for him to be intricately involved in the way that he wants to be in whatever situation or relationship that it is. Mm. Yeah. I, I think I, and I have no doubt that there are so many people who can hear their own story in this place of like, yeah, I like, I pray, I pray about the things that are going on in my life. Like pray I'll, before my meals, I'll pray before my meals, you know, if, you know, if I'm walking into a very scary conversation, maybe I'll say, God help me, you know, kind of stuff, you know, so it's, it, it, it's those cries out for help type prayers. But, and, but, but what we're talking about is an opportunity to even dive in with God a little bit deeper and to enter into a, a deeper relationship with him, which is that, that he calls us to being able to pray for other people and not just not, and not just by name and, and not just praying for other people, but to really get into the muck mm -hmm. for that person mm -hmm. with God, mm -hmm. to be able to say, God, like, I, I know who you are. You have said you are this. You have said that you are, you know, and, and to bring that back to him and, and then just to lift up this other person or people and what that's showing, what that's demonstrating is that that strong empathy that strong compassion that you have that you care for this person or these people so much that you will come before them fervently with god and have that conversation and that's what we're talking about with this next generation is that idea that we can be so moved to care for these students to care for these people all around the world it doesn't even have to be just that you're is you can say god you are the god of all things of the whole world you're not just the God of this church. You're not just the God of Salvation Church. You're the God of all these people. Mm -hmm. And Lord, there is, there is hard, it's, it, life is hard and you know that God. 
And these students, these kids are, uh, are only getting started. But I want to go before them because there's so much opportunity mm-hmm. in what they have to present mm-hmm. this world. Yeah. And that they are such an important part of the body already. And, but it doesn't just stop there because mm-hmm. they are going to keep growing and become the adults, the grownups, yep. and then become those, you know, wise elders of the world. And we can, and it, I, it's, it's something that we, if we really stop and think about it, because I think as we talked about at the very beginning, we, we tend to move past it and we tend to just kind of think past. But as you stop and think about it, there's so much importance of caring and, and as you said, contending and really getting into prayer for them. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to even know that this is what you're doing. You can tell them, hey, hey, I, I just wanted to, to shed some light on how I pray for you. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to because that's between you and God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some, that's something so powerful. So for those of you listening who maybe you find yourself in saying, ah, I kind of feel like I have this shallow experience with prayer. Don't let that stop you. That does not have to be where your prayer journey ends. Mm-hmm. There is opportunity for, for, you know, for more, for deeper. Mm-hmm. For you, Kendall, what helped you get to that place of finding this deeper pool of prayer to swim in? I think it's being around people that have it. Mm. I think you've got to already have on board a posture of humility and teachability yeah, and hunger. And we all go through seasons where we feel more like that than others. <laughs> but um, I think the ministry of the spirit and the movement of the spirit, you know, it's got imagery of fire in the Bible. And when you're around a fire, you, you can catch it and take it. Yeah. And so I think I've been thinking a lot about that, that idea of just wanting to be near people who think differently than I do um, or who maybe growing up in my Southern Baptist culture, I would have thought of as <laughs> those people sure. over there. Yeah. But um, just realizing that none of us have it all figured out. Every strand, every branch of the church has something to offer. And it's in the fullness of all those things that the church really does represent all of who we are. Yeah. And so I think when we lean towards one or the other, just to learn what can I what can I gain from immersing myself in the way that this person is thinking or how they're praying or the type of ministry that they're doing, what can I learn and then put into practice in my context? So I think it's very relational. I love that idea of listening, like truly listening to other people's prayers. I think so often we, you know, if we're in group prayers and maybe it's going around the circle or maybe like I'm praying for one thing and then they're praying for, so, so often we're kind of just thinking about what I'm going to pray about <laughs> or, or, or our mind starts to wander. But if you really are intentional about listening to other people's prayers, it gives you kind of a little insight into how that person thinks and operates and, you're like, oh, I, I didn't realize I could talk to God quite like that. And that's kind of cool because everybody approaches prayer in their own unique way. And it's something cool to see other members of the family and to kind of learn from them a little bit. Like, oh, I I like, like, that's really a neat way to talk to God. Like, I I could do some more. I I could do some more. Yeah, and I think that's 100% true. And then I think in addition to that, I think we can collectively 
discern what the spirit is doing in our midst. Mm. Yeah. So listening and, and noticing what's happening in us and in those around us and having the desire to pray in oneness corporately, um, there's a, there's a power in that that we miss when we're overly rigid about mm. going in a circle, you know, or squeeze the person <laughs> next to you. Not sure. that that's bad yeah. to pray or for prayer requests and to go around yeah. the circle and everybody gets a chance, but there's a different type of contending prayer where you are, you're doing work together. Mm. You are in the spirit following his leadership. And I think, I mean, I for sure have um, a desire to grow in that. Um, because I think there, there's always more. There's always more of God. There's always more of His power and and how His presence in our midst changes us and transforms and heals us on the inside. Yeah. Um, that transforms us more into His image. It's just like what you were saying about reading Scripture, right? You can read the same passage over and over. There's always more. Yeah. There's always more because the mm-hmm. Spirit might put you take a whole different word. That you've never, yeah, you just glossed yeah. over before. Like I never saw that. It's a before. whole different. And I'm sure that this had not been here previously. <laughs> otherwise, I got from it. Yeah. <laughs> so for people who may, uh, who are hopefully feeling a an energy now, a desire to want to be praying more intentionally for the next generation, what sort of tips or advice would you have um, specifically around that? How people can get started um, lifting up the next generation more. Well, I always like to start, um, something that helps me is starting with the question, when I sit down to pray, if I already knew that God would say yes, how would it change the way that I'm praying? Mm -hmm. So letting myself get a vision for what could happen if I come to God with a prayer that's full of faith and we don't need a lot of faith. We actually need a mustard seed of faith. Right, because we know that it's it's him that does the work. But meditating on that question of if I already knew that he wanted to release what I'm asking for, what would I ask for? And that to me has been really transformative because to think of the vision of, you know, a church that has children and students that have ownership in the church that are coming alive in their faith, that are bringing their friends and that are, that are being transformed on the inside. And they're, they're dragging their families to church because they have had such an amazing, abundant, rich experience with, um, with growing deep in their faith. God's literally changing their heart on the inside. Um, the vision of that really propels you into prayer. So yeah, I think practically speaking, this summer we're gonna we're gonna do a few gatherings in the refinery here at the Lake Forest campus, um, and it's gonna be messy and experimental. Um, yeah. But those who I mean, it's not like a hey everybody come and bring your friends kind of thing. But yeah. those who truly do have the heart to intercede and really do want to invest themselves in that way and partner with the next generation and really kind of experiment in this kind of greenhouse, um, that we're trying. Um, we're going to try that. The first one will be on June 10th in the refinery. And so, um, if anyone that's listening wants to know more about that, we're still working on creating the, the event on the website. Um, but you can just send an email to Kara. It's K E R A A 
<laughs> yeah. That's K-E-R-A-A at saddleback.com. Kira is uh, our prayer lead here at Lake Forest and is going to help coordinate it. But we're, we're, um, we're excited to just get into a space where we can um, just have more of a raw um, experimental time of asking the Spirit to lead us as we pray together. In yeah. These things. I love that. So for those of you listening who... I'll call Saddleback home and make sure to check that out. And hopefully maybe by the time this episode drops, we'll have a website link and stuff like that. Then I'll, I'll put it in the show notes if that's the case. Um, otherwise I'll put Kira's email in the show notes yeah, and she'll go. just get it, get a ton of fun um, emails from you guys. If you are not at Saddleback, I consider talking with your pastors at your church about asking that question. What can we be doing as our church to be contending for the next generation in prayer? And maybe it's setting up a night of prayer at your own church, um, or at the very least, you have the opportunity yourself as your own individual or to gather some friends and just say, hey, I really want to start to do this regularly to be lifting up the next generation in prayer. So, Kendall, thank you so much for your time and, and for, and for your great. thoughts about this. I think it's something that's so important. And as we're starting the summer season, it's a perfect opportunity to be thinking about this and to be entering into that arena alongside the next generation. It's something powerful. Yeah, thanks, Jason. There were a few key takeaways I wanted to highlight for this episode in some links in the show notes that I wanted to mention. First, no matter where you are or what church you belong to, you have the ability to be praying for the next generation. You can even do so right now. Pray for any kids or students you know, for any school you drive past, and make a plan for yourself to do this regularly. Second, consider starting a prayer group at your church focused on praying for the next generation. If you're at Saddleback, consider going to our prayer sessions starting in June, which Kendall talked about. There will be a link to the event or an email address for more information in the show notes. In the show notes, you'll also see links to past episodes that we have done on different types of prayer. We did one conversation specifically around intercessory prayer. We did an episode on how to practice Lectio Divina, which Kendall mentioned in our conversation. And there's also a link to the song that she mentioned, 1,000 Names by Phil Wickham. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, friends, and we'll be back with another new episode of Doable Discipleship next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.